0: Welcome to Behind the Sale. I'm your host, Princess B. On this show, we talk about sales and leadership in the high-ticket space. My goal is to help you level up your skills as a leader so you can close more deals and transform more lives. Today, we have Bill Walsh on the show. He's going to share what it takes to become the top 1% in sales, how to outperform in your industry, and how to select quality talent for your team. If you want to learn what's required to perform at an elite level, from the man himself who in a short time has outperformed everyone else in the industry, then stay tuned. I want to pick your brain. Um, I want to give as much value to my listeners as possible. So I just want to dive in. Um, I'm curious, Bill, for for the person out there who's a dreamer, who wants to put themselves in a position where they can land the top 1% offers in the high ticket space, what's the first step that they need to take?
1: The first step they need to take is they need to upstand and they need to uplift their standards in everything to better them. And I say that with the utmost respect that it requires. Everybody wants to be paid more. And everybody wants to be in better opportunities. And everybody wants to have a better life. Everybody wants to be fitter. Everybody wants to be healthier. Everybody wants everything. But if you're not somebody that demands that, and I don't mean like you go into someone's office and say, hey, I deserve to be paid X. You got to be able to have the standard that ultimately in order to keep the standard and people to keep you, um, they got to pay you what that standard is worth. So that's the biggest thing. I think people misinterpret what it actually takes, who they must become in order to sustain the level of income that you want to make and the office that you want to work for, in my opinion. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And when you say who they must become, that's skills, obviously, but then there's also like something else outside of skills, right? It's not just knowing how to close, right? Is there like a mindset shift or something that's required to become a top 1% closer?
1: Everyone can kind of like, you know, catch the ball one time in the end zone, but can you do it game after game, month after month, season after season? That's the kind of, you know, standard that I'm talking about. And that standard isn't just built because you turn up when the game is there. You know, you look at the best football players in the entire world whether that's NFL or that's you know the Premier League in Ireland or in England Um, it's the daily it's the daily work that ultimately allows you to go out at the weekend and actually score a goal or put the ball in the end zone whatever it may be so the standard has to be built into your life you have to become the standard and those are the habits routines rituals that you must live by every single day to get to where you want to go and then everything from physically, mentally, financially, spiritually. Everything has to be in alignment with you getting to a better self.
0: Mm, Yeah, 100%. I agree. Um, I'm curious, what was the biggest challenge for you when you were coming up in remote sales?
1: The biggest challenge for me was to be able to balance it all, whether that's family, whether that's fitness, whether that's health, whether that's wealth. I've grown up in fitness. I've grown up in, you know, a large amount of sports and operating at the top echelon of uh, of standards the biggest thing that i had to figure out was how to balance all of those multiple things at once which i didn't and can't and struggled to. so that's the biggest thing for me is being able to balance it all and having a routine and structure but when i started in sales i had a baby just literally going toe to toe so i had started in sales and i had india and trying to manage all that was definitely difficult. I've gone from being in fitness where you're in the gym at six, you come home at six or seven uh, to completely transform in how I live my life. I live in an office now. I start work at 12 o'clock in the day. I finish at 2 a.m. sometimes. You know, so that whole shift had to be adjusted for me to kind of live and to kind of see what you guys to see every day now.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm struggling with that right now, like having that balance because... In my brain, it's like, to be the best, I have to work 90% of the time. Um, so yeah. I'm still working on that, but I mean, at least no there, there yeah. No no. Okay.
1: I, I tried for a large amount of time to have balance and all that it does, is just creates frustration because you can't find balance. There is no balance. You can't be excellent at one thing and mediocre at something else. You have to go all in on something, you know, and, I'm I'm very fortunate. That's what I did in sales. I went all in in sales for the first you can imagine I only started in sales in twenty twenty-one. We're now January twenty twenty four. That's only three years of work. Mm. You know what I mean? Three years of work to pretty much shake the entire industry. And we'll continue to do that. I'm fighting against people that started their business in twenty ten or you know, twenty fifteen. I'm fighting against people who are nearly ten years plus deep in the industry. So it's, uh, it takes a tremendous amount of focus. It takes a tremendous amount of effort. It takes a tremendous amount of, you know, dedication to continue to turn up every day and keep moving the needle forward engine, you know?
0: Yeah, that is so validating to hear because people in my life keep telling me I need to chill. I need to not work seven days a week. I need to relax. But it's like, well, I don't have kids and a husband and all of that. So what, when else am I supposed to go hard, you know? So I, I appreciate that um i'm not it feels like i'm not wrong because <laughs> yeah. it seems like everyone around me is like looking at me as if i'm wrong but i mean okay. yeah
1: princess you have to understand like most people around you don't live the life that you live and don't want to live the life that you want to have for yourself so to kind of lower your expectations and to lower the standard of what you need to be to fit into their mode is not going to give you what you want moving forward in life. so you have to take that into consideration, too, you know, and you should only be looking at people that are living the life that you want to live or have the things that you want to have, you know, and that doesn't mean just material things. That doesn't mean fucking Rolexes and houses and cars and all that great stuff. It actually means, like, can this person go on holidays when they want? Can they provide for their family? Can they give back to society? Can they give back to their communities? Can they actually uphold the standard that, you know, they want in other people? You know, all of these things you have to look at and you have to say to yourself, well, if that's where I want to be and that's who I want to be, then who's living that life? And that's the person that you go and imitate, you know, not the people that are in your circle that are making two grand month and they work a nine to five. You know, those are people that, yes, you love and yes, you respect, but those are the people that aren't living what you want to have them with, you know, so just be very mindful of that. Yeah. It's, it's a
0: difficulty. A hundred percent. Yeah okay that's why you're my mentor i'm curious at at what point do you decide that you have enough value to offer that it makes sense to create your own coaching program
1: sure yeah good question um okay. so i've always had value in myself i've always been my biggest cheerleader i've always believed that I could go and do what I needed and wanted to do in there. So I've always had that validation and I've always had the value in myself first. Um, A big validation for me was when I moved on from a company that I used to work with, I had 12 offers in 24 hours to go and build out sales teams and sales organizations and to run Mm -hmm. teams and stuff like that. So that kind of gave me the somewhat safety net to go all in on building the objection box. Now, when i started the injection box the goal was to put 20 people in a room in a group and build it and coach them and x y and Z. that got blown out of the water we made a million dollars in four months after i launched it so that kind of gives you more impetus to keep going and going and going and growing and all that kind of stuff and i always say to people like your safety net is always going to be your skill set you know my skill set in my opinion like is unparalleled. So I'll always back yourself. You always have to back yourself. You always have to go for it. You always have to kinda, you know, believe that you can get to where you want to go. Because if you don't, like who's going to believe it if you don't? So that gave me the validation. That gave me value in myself. And also, as I said to you, the validation, the the safety net was there having twelve offers in twenty four hours from people that didn't even know but I wouldn't post. And I had 12 offers and 12 people in my inbox that were looking for me. So that kind of gave me that if it doesn't work out in 30 days, I know I can pick up with something else, you know, so, and then it just took off like a fucking rocket. So that's okay. where we're at.
0: Would you recommend that people have a safety net before just diving in and building their own business or their own program?
1: I don't think, pe- I don't think a lot of people should build their own stuff, mm. honestly, because... Okay. I've said this. I, I've I've been on multiple podcasts this week, and uh, people keep asking me, like, what does it take to grow and to build and to sustain it? And believe me when I tell you, it's going to take everything, mm. and it takes every single thing of you, every fiber of your body, every you know, thought, every positivity, every you know, everything you have to even get a chance. And most people don't get a chance. Yeah. You know, and that's all you'll ever get. If you build a business, you may get a chance. You know, you may not ever get another chance in your life. I'm very fortunate that we have a chance to be something really, really good. And for me to put myself in that position, it's pretty much taking everything, you know, and that's your weekends. That's your, you know, time off in the evening. Like I'm on the phone t- 2 a.m. in the morning with my team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes yeah. your weekends, it takes your relationships, it takes everything because it takes every fiber of your body to even move an inch. In the business world you think of everyone that wants to create businesses it's all well and good creating a business but can you sustain it long term can you actually grow it long term can you go month to month back back over and over and out you know so i think a lot of people are great entrepreneurs i don't think a lot of people have the risk factor to be an entrepreneur and to take Mm -hmm. the slack and take the shit that comes with it all so it depends Mm -hmm. like it depends on what's internally driven what's internally driving that person forward
0: yeah that's a really really good point it's not for everyone because it's like it's it's are you going to sustain it like anyone can do something for three months for six months and that's actually a perfect segue into my next question because a lot of people listening are also coaches who have their own programs or maybe they build and manage teams for other coaches so bill You have a way of picking the most motivated, committed, and passionate leaders on your team. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about like Nick Schroeder, James Hayes, Jack Sicker, and now Mm -hmm. Sean Ray on the team. Legends. So what qualities do you look for when you're picking someone to join your team?
1: Yeah, it's not skill set. It's the first thing that I want people to understand. It's not skill set. Why? Because I can give you skill set. It's the internal drive of the person. Who are they? What are they? What what difficulties have they gone through in life? What standard have they uphold upheld in their life? What, you know, where have they shown resilience and resistance to temptation, meaning like to give up on themselves? What have they actually accomplished in their life? Mm. How did they end their life? You know, what are the you know things that they do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? All of these things are the most important thing for me because I'm not looking for the most talented person. I'm looking for the person that fits the mold of wanting to be the most talented person. I don't cherry pick off the top. I cherry pick off the middle. Oh, wow. I I pour into those people. But also like in order to have a great team, you also have to be somewhat of a great leader. And being a great leader means that you have to hold the standard for yourself first, which ultimately means that everyone can imitate and replicate off the back end of that. so mm-hmm. i can't have a great team if i'm not trying to be great myself you know and that doesn't mean that i am great that doesn't mean that i'm perfect it just means that every day i gotta i gotta go again i have to keep trying i have to keep building and i have to keep pouring into my guys mm-hmm. in order for them to you know as they say all tides raise all boats it's mm-hmm. some like that, and that's important
0: yeah wow that's that's huge that is a golden nugget that's the secret sauce not cherry picking from the top because i think so many people think they have to find the best talent and it's like no it's it's the stuff that's on the inside that matters and you have a it's still you have a talent though of finding the people who have that intrinsic i guess motivation or drive right yeah for
1: sure -hmm. look everybody wants to be um Best, and that's important. All of my team want to be the best, and that doesn't mean like that we're ever going to get there, it just means that we're willing to fight for it every single day. Mm -hmm. My guys know if there's something to be done, there's no Saturday, if there's something to be done, there's no Sunday. If Mm -hmm. I message on a Sunday or a Saturday, or you message me on a Sunday or Saturday, best know that I'm getting back, and best know that my guys are getting back to me. That's just the level that we work with. And if you don't want to have that kind of level and you don't want to do the things that we want to do. Um, then that's also fine, you know what I mean? It's not the end of the world. Those are, those are the standards that I have and that's the level that my team have to get every day in order to kind of keep working with me.
0: Shifting gears for a second. I'm curious, and I feel like the listeners will want to know this. Uh, do you have a sales horror story? So this could be either like something recent or even back when you were first coming up in the space.
1: Horror stories. Um, I used to get complained all the time. Uh. So people used to complain about like the level that I would go to to objection handle.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: as I always tell people, there's four things that would happen at the end of the call. Yes, no, fuck you, or they will hang up. Mm-hmm. And I live by that code every single day. So I used to get every every 10 calls, I'd probably get one, you know, person given out. So, but that that gave me... That gave me a structure to know where to push and how to push and when to pull back and you know, so all of that stuff gave me education, knowledge and experience and you know, trainings and stuff like that. So these are the only kind of horror stories that I have. Everything else has been pretty easy to be quite honest and says. Oh I found something that I was pretty easy at. I found something that, you know, my whole life has moulded me into being able to be good at something. So mm-hmm. I think lots of people will find something that they're really, really good at. You know, I'm very fortunate that what I'm really good at is very productive in my life. Other people are very good at, you know, hopscotch, but hopscotch is not going to make you money. Other people are good at fucking Call of Duty, but unless you're like the top one percent, that's not going to make you money. So, I'm very fortunate that I found something in sales and leadership and actually building people that has helped hundreds and thousands of people, you know, and has helped Mm -hmm. lots of people find financial freedom. So, that's
0: no. for everyone listening getting complaints is not the worst thing in the world okay like it's fine if you that means you're pushing people and that's that's all we're here to do right yeah. um so okay before you go i want to do my rapid fire question segment okay sure. so i'm going to ask you a few questions you gotta answer quick without thinking too long okay go ahead. all right first thing what is a misconception that people have about you or the objection box that you want to correct
1: Great question. Number one, people think that I'm a hard ass and people think that I'm difficult and people think that, you know, I'm this hungry animal that's going to tear out everyone's esophagus. I'm not. Unfortunately, I have a very high standard in my life. And if you don't meet the high standard, then you're not probably going to be in my personal life, which is perfectly fine. Uh, So that's the first thing. People have a misconception of who I am. I'm very loyal. I'm very, you know, loving and i respect and i take care of all of my people and anyone that's my people and people don't know who's my people if you are my people my people will tell you that i'm all in for them uh, the second thing about that is the misconception about the objection box is that people think that all we give you is the word tracks of what to say and how to say it. that is like a slither of what we actually do which is a tremendous amount of coaching development not just in terms of sales but actually self-development so those are two bis- big misconceptions that people have about me in my business.
0: Okay, awesome. All right. So this one's a it's a it's a fun question. Uh if you were a WWE wrestler, what would your entrance song be?
1: Oh, good question. Um I'm a very emotional guy, to be very honest with you, or people think that I'm not, I am a very emotional person. So maybe something like Adele, I think.
0: Are you Serious,
1: Bill? yeah. Adele, <laughs> Bill,
0: you're going wow. into the ring. This isn't like <laughs> what? Okay, so so the plan is what? Have your opponent like cry, go into tears. Is that how you weaken yeah, them before? <laughs>
1: if they think that I'm this softy coming through the ring, then they might actually look at me at a different capacity. So it's all it's all head game. It's all misconceptions. It's all wow. misinterpretation of who I am or what I am. So. Yeah, people don't know. I'm a big softie at the end of the day, and I listen to Adele, I listen to Chris Stapleton, all of those people. You know, those wow. are my jams. Yeah.
0: That's such a plot twist. I was expecting something like either hardcore rap or like I don't know, like a rock song or something.
1: <laughs> or maybe Thunderstone, maybe something like that. Either Adele or Thunderstone. That's that's those okay. are my two pumps.
0: I Interesting. You get pumped up either way. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Or the other way,
1: the Thunderstone probably will be another <laughs> one. Too. It's easy.
0: Okay, I don't know what thunderstorm is, but I'll listen to it before my next sales call to pump me up and see if it does the job. Decent. <laughs> decent. If if a movie was made about your life, which actor yeah. would play you, and what would the title oh. be?
1: Good question. The title would be I don't know. Did we make it? But we tried.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: good? Who would who would who would be a good actor for me? Is that guy that is in billions he's got red hair okay yeah
0: name. uh i don't know his name i don't watch much tv bill <laughs> <Not> <laughs> i don't sure watch any Not, tv
1: uh, I don't um will yeah. probably be a good for sure um okay. pretty intense in billions he's a great actor okay uh but that's a good title what do you think of that title i don't know that we make it but we try it have okay
0: yeah that works mm-hmm. that works um done. i was thinking something like from rags to riches just because I, like, uh, know. I
1: know. who yeah. What are we? What are we, 50 Cent Gold?
0: Okay. Yeah, Jesus.
1: I don't know. <laughs> you want to have the stories. You know, you got to go the opposite. So that would be mine. Okay. I don't know, did we make the book? We tried. It was
0: a good one. Okay. Yeah. When I, when I see people who, who come from really nothing, right, and then build an entire empire like you have and made such a huge name for yourself, I always wonder who uh, who they look up to. So, who do you look up to?
1: My personal life, professional life?
0: Uh, both. You
1: can give me both. Yeah. Okay. So, personal, I look up to my mom. Um, and every time that I speak about my mom, I get emotional. So, there you go. I look up to my mother. She raised three young boys, um, continued to spin the wheel of a business, and, you know, Poured everything into our children, gave us everything that we needed in life. Didn't sugarcoat us, didn't mollify us. You know, gave us the strength, gave us the determination, gave us the energy, gave us what we needed in life to keep moving forward through the difficulties. Hugged us when we needed to be hugged, and obviously gave us a kick in the ass when we needed a kick in the ass. And when you are a mother in Ireland raising three kids, that could have went either way. You know, to be able to keep it all together, keep a business together, keep a family together, keep a home together. You know, that's who I look to. And that inspires me every day to kind of make sure that she feels proud every day to be able to, you know, call me her son. So that's my personal. That's my personal inspiration, external inspiration and professional inspiration. I look at Andy Frisella, who's a very Speaks my language, speaks my words, holds himself to higher standard, uh, gives back to the people that he loves, you know, 25 years of building a business. He's built first form to multi-billion dollar in, uh, organization. Another person I look to is Ed Milet. As you can probably see, they're very similar. Another person I look to, their homosies are pretty cool too. I like their homosies. Those are my guys. Those are my jams. Those are my people. Uh so those three, four people are kind of where we're at with I don't I don't look and I don't lean in on lots of, you know, famous people because that's exactly what happened. That's what happens in the industry of what we're in of self development. You end up being a famous person, but I know those people have actually done the business and done the jobs and actually built successful companies before they became famous. So
0: that's mm-hmm. important to me. Okay. Awesome, yeah. I look up to the Hormozis too. I always, uh, I tell myself like one day I'll I'll be in the room with Leila Hormozi in some capacity. Um, that's a goal of mine, yeah. so I'm putting it out there, making it happen. There you
1: go. I've um, yeah. actually seen him in in March. Oh, I'm sweet. Going to see in March. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Every week, I challenge my listeners to do something, something mm-hmm. to move them even an inch closer to being the best leader they can be. And so as the guest of honor, can you propose a challenge this week for the listeners?
1: Yeah, great challenge this week. We'll probably be get up, get up out of bed an hour earlier every day and actually pour into yourself first before you try and pour into everybody else. The big thing that we do in sales is that we pour into all of our prospects and our customers and people that we want to, you know, do business with every single day. And and it comes to the end of the day and people have nothing left. And that's really, really important that you give it everything, every single day. The biggest thing that I would challenge people is get up an hour earlier and pour into yourself. Whether that means you read, whether that means you drink more water, whether that means you stretch, whether that means you go to the gym, whether that means you go for a long walk, whether that means you pray, you meditate, you have spiritual connections, whatever that may be. I always always like to challenge people, pour into yourself first, because if you pour into yourself first, that means that there's more in you be able to give more people. So that's a big thing for me. You gotta take care of yourself first because you're the most important thing in your life.
0: Mm. Yeah, that is powerful and it's so true. And it's something I will definitely take on uh for the next week um and hopefully forever to wake up an hour early important to myself because I'm one of those people I like jump straight into work. So no, yeah.
1: It's difficult to time because you're already if you do it ash, you're already giving the best of you to somebody else. hmm You know what I mean? And the best of you should always stay with you Mm -hmm. every day, you know, Um, because that's what's needed and required for you to even pour into anybody else. you got to make sure that you're full first. got to make sure that you're working out of a place of, you know, power in order to be able to get power, you know?
0: Okay. Yeah. A hundred percent. That is a huge golden nugget as well. Thank you so much, Bill, for joining me here. Uh, I hope that the listeners, I know they got a boatload of value. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. No problem. Enjoy. Editing Princess here. I want to wrap up this episode by sharing two of the biggest lessons that I've actually learned from Bill that have really changed the game for me. I think one of the things that makes training with Bill and the team here in the Objection Box so incredible. And unique is that we learned so many lessons that we were not expecting to learn. Yes, we learn objection handling frameworks. um, But one lesson that I learned recently is that I need to have enough respect for myself to protect my positive energy. And that's why it's so important to ask the right questions. So that way we're not battling with people on our calls. And now... I'm at a point where I feel confident that I'm not wasting my time on calls anymore. You know, it actually energizes me because I'm having real conversations with people. You know, and I have the opportunity to actually help them, to help them overcome their fears, their doubt, and more importantly, overcome themselves. Since we're on calls every day, I think sometimes we can forget that the work that we do is life-changing for people. And it's life-changing for ourselves too, when we actually do the work. When we train when we focus on improving our weak areas when we hold ourselves accountable and this is a perfect segue into the the second biggest lesson that i learned from bill this is the biggest thing it's not about the frameworks like those are great they give you some direction but he gives those for free let's face it bill has given us on a silver platter everything that we need to create everything that we want in our life and yet a lot of people who have access to that are still struggling. And I do too sometimes. Um, like the last call that I had today, I challenged the hell out of this woman. She was uncomfortable. I was very uncomfortable. That was, was visibly uncomfortable. But it doesn't matter. I still did it. I, it didn't matter because I let the words come out of my face and I put her in a position where she had to really confront What was really holding her back from achieving her goals? And I stuttered along the way, but I still helped her. So (laughs) this is the thing that's so hard to do because we all want to look good. We all want to feel good. But the harsh reality is if you really want to help people, if you really want to make an impact, if you really want to change your life, comfort is not your friend. And what I love about Bill as a coach and the objection box is that no one is lying to you. No one is selling you a dream. No one's telling you that it's going to be easy. You know, and and the biggest thing is no one's coming to save you. They make that very clear. I believe that sales is 20% frameworks, 80% courage. Let that sink in. That's why the people who have decent frameworks are closing at 20%. Ask me how I know. The real work, the real work is when you get real with yourself. That's, that's when you, when you ask yourself why the hell looking good is so important to you. When you dig deep and ask yourself those tough questions and get real and face your insecurities, that's when you unlock something. I don't even know how to describe it but what it looks like is your desire to help people becomes so much higher than your fear of not looking good, becomes so much higher than your fear of getting found out, becomes so much higher than your fear of being seen. When you face those demons and you look them in the eye. And you say, you, this is when you unlock that part of you that allows you to be there for every single person on your calls and actually help them because your insecurities are not in the equation. They're not in the conversation. They're not even present there. And this is the biggest lesson that I learned from Bill. And that's what makes him the real deal. So I know that Bill already uh, gave a challenge for this week, right? But let's be overachievers. I want to give you another challenge um, because it's one thing to hear this stuff and be like, oh my gosh, this is so inspiring and it's, it's beautiful and all, but like actually do it. It's hard and you're going to want to put it off <laughs> like I did. But I want to challenge you to do the same thing, to look inward and confront those demons that are holding you back from letting go and actually being present with people and asking those tough questions. So, what I want to do is, I want to read you an excerpt from my journal when I was doing this work. So you can kind of get an idea of what my inner demons were. And maybe it'll resonate with you. Maybe it won't. You know, everyone's demons look different. But for me, what it looked like was, I wrote, I want to be untouchable. Oh boy. This is hard. This is rough. Thank you, princess. Thank you. Thank you for being scared, Thank you for hiding. Thank you for giving a what people think about you. Thank you for overthinking texting to the point where you don't respond. You for being so soft spoken. You for being an insecure. Thank you for not going all the way on your calls. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Thank you for holding back. Thank you for being afraid of being found out. Thank you for chickening out and not posting your numbers in the tracker. Thank you for crying every day. Thank you for being scared. Thank you. For not asking the tough questions, you for leaving money on the table, you for not having the confidence to say what you need to say, you for not showing yourself love at all. Who cares? Literally, who cares? No one cares. The worst case scenario is not that bad. Either way, you could just quit. That's always an option. I am honestly not sure at all how to tie this up into a neat little bow. I think this is also part of what's made me delay releasing this episode. Is I wanted to share this, but I really don't know how to tie it up into a neat bow. This stuff is hard. This stuff is scary. What a shame. As humans, we we went from hunting and killing vicious animals for food and shelter, to being afraid of being seen by other humans. Why are we like this? Regardless of why we're like this, we have total control, and I would argue a responsibility to face those demons so that way we can have the impact that we want to have in the world. And sales is just a key element of that, of how we we choose to serve people. And it's like, geez, does it have to be that deep? Yeah, it does. If you really want to make an impact, if you really want to change your life, then yeah. That's what I love so much about sales. And I have Bill Walsh to thank for that, for showing me the light, (laughs) for showing me that doesn't have to take that long to become the version of yourself that you want to be. All it takes is having enough courage and respect for yourself and your goals to say, who cares? Who cares if I fall on my face? Who cares if I stutter? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Because on the other side of all of that is you finally getting better and finally getting to help people. And finally, transforming your life, and finally transforming your leadership, and finally being able to, to provide, and so all of the pain and all of the discomfort is worth it. Every second of it is worth it. And so, Bill, I know you hear me say this all the time, but thank you. I am eternally grateful for you, for your tough love, for everything, thank you.